0: Welcome, everyone, to the Design 101 podcast. My name is Amanda Gates, and I own Gates Interior Design in Nashville, Tennessee. My goal with this podcast is to celebrate all the blessings that we receive through a well-designed home. I hope to introduce you to inspirational people, teach you new ways to live better, and empower you to live your best life through decorating with intention. There are many ways to achieve balance and harmony in our lives, but it all starts at home. Join me each month to be inspired empowered and motivated into educational enlightenment hello hello everyone Welcome to Design 101. I'm your host, Amanda, and today's guest is Stephanie Burns from Chic CEO. Stephanie and I met about three years ago at a business conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and we've kept in touch this whole time and watched each other really grow in our own businesses, changes, and you know, uh, if you've ever started a business, you understand how success is never in a straight line. But her company is all about business knowledge and support that is necessary to start, own, run and do a business. chicceo.com is a website that her and her team created to provide resources specifically for women who don't know how to implement their ideas or are too afraid to take that plunge. If you've ever considered opening a business or have opened a business, you completely understand that. It's essentially the ground level information you need to get started to being a chic CEO or as they put it, a badass entrepreneur. And think your passion is only a hobby? Well, you might want to think again. At Chic CEO, it's all about the three S's, being smart, savvy, and stylish. Really making money striving for balance, and learning to stretch yourself in new ways. That's what they define as a chic CEO. Join me as I sit down with Stephanie today to learn about entrepreneurship, what it looks like to be an entrepreneur, a little bit about Sheikh CEO and maybe how it can help you if you're starting a business, or perhaps help you if you're already in a business, and how to really achieve balance, harmony, and home as an entrepreneur. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you on today. So to get us, let's just go ahead and jump right in here. Um, What is your background? Who is Stephanie?
1: Well, I am actually a Midwesterner from heart, or at heart. Uh, I'm from Nebraska, and I live in San Diego now. So I moved out here about 12 years ago, and I started my company, Chic CEO, about four years ago, and that's how you and I met, I believe, at a conference.
0: Yeah, we met in uh, Atlanta. So what took you from the Midwest out to uh, basically California? What drew you out there?
1: So my best friend from high school and I, after we graduated from college, she said, what are you going to do after college? And I said, uh, I think I'm going to go to Chicago. What about you? And she said, yeah, Chicago sounds great. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go to Chicago with you. Super. So she said, I'm going to go to San Diego for spring break, and when I get back, I'll give you a call. So she gave me a call when she got back from spring, spring break and said, I think I'm going to move to San Diego. And I said, well, that sounds amazing. I'll do that. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. So we just packed up our trucks and moved out. I'd never been to California a day in my life until the day I moved here. And that was 12 years ago.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, being born and raised in California, I have to admit, it is pretty spectacular, especially (laughs) San Diego.
1: It is. It is. I'm never leaving.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't pick a better place to, you know, just randomly pick and and pack up your stuff and head towards it. Yes. Yes. So when you moved to San Diego, did you know that you were going to go into business for yourself or what was your plan?
1: You know, honestly, my, my degree, I have two bachelor's degrees and my master's and I went to college wanting to be an opera singer. So my, my degree is actually in vocal music performance. So being an opera singer was my dream, and that's kind of what I had been following. And then as I got closer to the end of college, I realized that really what I would be doing is a lot of auditioning and probably a lot of waitressing. And so I decided to get a second degree in advertising while I was still at school So I left with two bachelor's degrees, and then when I moved out here to San Diego, I was looking for a marketing job, and I found a job at a casino out here called Valley View Casino. I was very, very young, and I knew nothing about gaming, barely knew anything about marketing because I had just graduated, and I got hired on as the marketing coordinator, and within two weeks of working there, my boss quit. And, (laughs) and so the ball just kind of dropped in my lap and I knew I could either run with it or I could just completely sink and drown. So I spent my first two years of my career working, uh, close to 70 hours a week at a casino. And as a young, recently graduated college grad, um, blonde and from the Midwest, you can about imagine how well I fared in an old boys club of a casino. Um, but it was it was amazing, and it was really scary at the same time. And I learned a ton, especially about negotiating. Uh, so after I left the casino, I got a job at an innovation consultancy. And that was really interesting, very different from what I'd been doing at the casino and really worked a lot on branding um, marketing media, and I worked there for about five years. And i i knew I knew in transition between the casino and working at Bulldog Drummond, which was an innovation consultancy, that I definitely wanted to work for myself at some point. And in my interview at the at Bulldog Drummond, my boss said, "So, where do you want to be in five years?" And I said, "In your chair." And he just he just laughed and. Um, you know, f- 5 years later uh, as 2009 everybody was getting laid off. I I was laid off too. And that's when I decided I was going to start Chic CEO.
0: So how did you which by the way, fun fact, did not know you were an opera singer? <laughs> <laughs> um I mean it it's it's always amazing to me when I talk to entrepreneurs and, and how they come about, um, you know, being squeezed to the bone and having basically being at that crossroads and making a decision. Had you been formulating in your mind that you wanted to have Chic CEO or at this basically crossroads that you were brought to because of the economy? Did you say, okay, I wanna, I'm going to take the leap now and, and you just kind of flew by the seat of your pants and put this together?
1: Well, I was my last 2 years at Bulldog Drummond, I went back to school and got my MBA. And during that time around 2008 when everyone was really getting laid off, uh my friends kept coming up to me and asking me how to get a business started. And I I had no idea why why they kept asking and I kept saying, "Why why are you asking me this?" And they kept saying, "Well, you're <clears throat> you're in grad school, you're in business school." I mean, aren't you learning are you learning these things and you're smart you're you're getting your master's in business and I said no I'm not learning those things I'm learning high-level concepts like global marketing and strategic management econ I'm not learning you know how to actually get started I'm learning how to run a business not start one so I kept getting this question over and over again so I finally started looking around for a resource for them and I couldn't find anything that I really liked nothing that really spoke to them the way that I would speak to them. And so I thought, well, okay, well, I'll just bring all my friends over to my house, the ones that keep asking these questions, and we'll talk about it. So I got about 15 of my girlfriends over at my house, and I gave them you know, wine and, and snacks, and I started asking them a ton of questions, and it dawned on me that if I had just 15 of my friends in just my friend group in their late 20s, early 30s starting a business to pay their bills on the side. They were all getting laid off. I thought, my God, there's, there's, there's a market here and no one's serving them. And so I <clears throat> decided to make it my thesis for grad school and I built the business plan to graduate. And I did a ton of research with you know, those women as well as a ton of uh, other primary research and secondary research to really formulate the idea and I built the business plan. Well, then I graduated and I put the plan on the, on the shelf and once I got laid off from Bulldog Drummond, the first thing I did was go home and pull that plan off the shelf and I, I got to work. And I, that was the end of 2009. So I took the whole of 2010 to research, write, create and launch Chic CEO in December of 2010.
0: Wow. So, I mean, you really were prepared. I think a lot of us, like, I literally just woke up one day and said, I'm going to own my own business. I'm going to start a company today. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) I wish more people were like that. Oh, well, you know, it's been okay. It turned out okay. I've been doing this now for 12 years, but, you know, I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) That's why I would recommend going to your website because I think it's uh, got a lot of really great information and um, definitely there are a lot, of, especially women in general, they are not huge risk takers, but um, yeah, flying by the seat of your pants and just doing it and then looking back and going, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your website really helps to prevent a lot of the oh shit moments. (laughs) I hope so.
1: (laughs) I really do. (laughs) So what was
0: the what was that moment for you when it really sunk in that it really became real for you that you were quote unquote, an entrepreneur? Well, finally in that chair. Yeah, well,
1: two things. Um, The first when I, I launched the site, I sold my very first ad. Because our, our revenue stream, our, our major revenue stream is advertising on the site. I sold my first ad within the first week. And uh, it was $500 a month ad for a year contract. And I was so excited. And so I thought, wow, I can, I can actually go and, and make, make money. And so I did. That's what I went out and did. And then six months after we launched, we were named one of the top 10 entrepreneurial websites for women by Forbes. Wow, And that really catapulted us into a place that, that made it much more serious, much more big time. And I had to really, um, kind of step up and, and be the business owner that I was, I was preparing myself to be.
0: Well, and I think that's a really interesting point. It's, one thing to sit there and and come up with the plan and and really create an idea in your head about what you think it should look like. And then you are in that seat and trying to figure it all out and really fit into the shoes of what you think that it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So when you were going out and Basically starting when you've got this new concept of a company that you're creating and you're going out and selling advertising, what were you selling to these people? What were you telling them that you were
1: that we were a website for female entrepreneurs and I gave them the stats of of the women that we were targeting and you know we were looking to um, bring bring smart driven women to our site, which was what we were doing. It just wasn't in very big numbers at that point. And, uh, so I, I learned a lot along the way on that because, you know, advertisers really want results and they want, um, you know, fortunately for me, this was a really big company and they were just looking for brand awareness. They weren't, you know, tick marking off all new clients that they were getting. But at the time we were, our traffic was low because we were brand new. And, um, you know, it was my first really go around at digital marketing at that point. So it was really, it was really scary. But I just, we just kept moving forward and kept pushing on and doing the best that we could. And fortunately, that, that worked. So.
0: So you too had a moment of really flying by the seat of your pants.
1: Oh, I wouldn't call it a moment. I would call it all four years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I think that that's really important to tell people. I think that um, there's this misconception that it is all figured out, and that there's kind of like a chapter by chapter way of doing this, and you can plan all you want, but once you are in that seat, everything changes
1: oh yeah oh yeah it's it's uh um, I think a, a lot of the time in in the beginning you really have to just do the best you can and get going and if you wait to start. Planning everything, or wait till everything's perfect, you're you're never ever ever gonna get started. There's a moment, I think, after three or four years, or if you if you accelerate really fast, maybe after a year, where you think, okay, well, we're out of startup mode now, and now it's time to really plan things and um you know really take a strategic approach on everything. But right right away in the beginning, it's almost just like you just gotta throw everything up at the wall and see what sticks. And you can't be afraid of that. There's going to be things that don't work and there's going to be things that work, but entrepreneurship truly is just one giant experiment, you know.
0: It really is. Mm-hmm. One of the one of my first business coaches that I ever worked with uh said the and I think it's a Roosevelt quote, but he said to me he said do everything you can from where you are with what you have. It's never going to be perfect timing. Yeah and it when when you're an entrepreneur that is absolutely the truth you have to do that because um i would say that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are kind of ocd type a personalities and and they do want to not necessarily plan but they they have a vision of what things look like and when they don't go that way um it can be upsetting and you you really have to just be able to sit back and go with the flow and like you said throw things at the wall and see what's going to stick because mm. I feel like what you start with is not necessarily where you end up.
1: Right, right, and exactly. That was
0: one of the things that I wanted to ask you because when I met you, I think it was in the summer of 2010 when we went to that conference. Maybe 2011. 2011. Yeah. Um, how much has changed for you since then? what What was your business like? What was your vision like back then, and what is it now?
1: Oh, geez, we, you know, back in 2011, we had just gotten that nod from Forbes so it really pushed us uh forward fast and we maybe had 2000 subscribers at that point if that and today we have 50,000 um wow congratulations yeah it's a it's a completely different
0: really built up your tribe mm mm-hmm.
1: yeah and it's all organic uh we don't do any paid marketing um so it's been a it's been a wild ride. There's so many things that have ha- that's happened, and you know I think that's a lesson too for entrepreneurs is being open to to things coming in and and not holding on so tight. Uh, now I write for Forbes. I'm a I blog for Forbes on female entrepreneurship. We had our own crowdfunding portal for a little while. Um, you know I, I do a lot of speaking. We're launching membership programs. We have a CRM s- software system now. There's so many different things that that have been going on within the company. Um, we've had some um, you know, restructuring that's been going on. We're about to launch our new website, which is really exciting. So it's just ever-changing. It just never is the same. It was so different from what I, I planned in the beginning of my business plan. But I'm so happy that I just kind of followed the clues and followed my gut because if i would have if i would have just stuck to exactly what you know i thought it could be in the beginning it never would have flourished to what it is now and there there's no way i could have ever thought up what this could be today back then you know
0: yeah i think that is so important and i'm glad that you said that because it it is so important to just really be flexible and be able to turn left when you think you need to turn right
1: Mm hmm. Just yeah.
0: because like when I look back at um, really how I started out and what I envisioned my company to be like and what it is now, I mean, it's it's nothing what I thought it was going to be. And most entrepreneurs that I talk to, it's it's the same. Mm hmm. You really have to you can't hold that rigid line because, like you said, you won't flourish.
1: Right. Exactly. And if you just kind of follow the clues, you really can it, it it can move forward much faster. And, and not to say that every single decision you, you make is going to be, uh, you know, right. Good one. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to make mistakes. Big deal. Uh, but if you, if you try to listen to your gut as much as possible, then you are honing that skill. So I, it's really important for me to be able to listen and follow my gut without being attached to an outcome. Uh, hoping for the best outcome, but not being too attached to the outcome and then having the learning so that as my career goes on from this point forward, I'm I'm honing that skill of mine so that it's, it gets, just gets better and better and better because that's all entrepreneurship is.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. All, all Like some of the, the best, like Richard Branson, he always says that he goes on that gut instinct. Mm. Whether he thinks his mind is agreeing with it or not, he'll go with his gut.
1: Yep. Yep. So that's and being
0: able to let go because the, it it is not smooth sailing. <laughs> it's you know, it's, it's the shit that can go wrong, and you'll have weeks where you're like, really, really. <laughs> um, you know, and being able to have the personality to be able to roll with the punches because mm-hmm. you're going to have extreme highs, but you are going to have extreme lows.
1: Yes. Absolutely. So.
0: What does it mean to be a woman entrepreneur? How is it different from being um from the the male cloth and the male model?
1: Well, I think, you know, you just touched on it a few minutes ago when you said that uh, we're not the biggest risk takers. Um that has been proven that women are we tend to be a little more risk averse. And that's there's nothing wrong with that, right? We we're the ones that that hold the babies, we're the ones that create life. So for us to be a little risk averse means that we're it's it's biological, but in entrepreneurship um you know it tends to hold us back whereas our male counterparts may not always feel the same so in <clears throat> an effort to to lower risk in entrepreneurship is is one of the reasons why I started Chic CEO. You can get every single piece of information you could possibly think of in the startup space for free on Chic CEO. And the reason that we did that was because we have so many questions in the beginning. We want to know all the answers. We want to know what we're in for to help lower that risk in order for us to make that leap. And that's uh, I think that's the biggest hindrance. That we have in entrepreneurship. Yet, at the same time, uh, studies are now showing that female-owned companies are—they're—they're um, they're better with their capital. We, our capital burn is much lower. We are able to uh, create more sustainable businesses. That our businesses fail less. So that that upfront planning that we tend to do is is a good thing, uh, as long as we make sure that it doesn't stop us from actually moving forward
0: so would you say that opening a business for a woman versus a man isn't would you say that men are more fly by the seat of their pants versus a woman who is going to plan and prepare
1: yeah that's what we're seeing for sure
0: and do you think that that holds them back initially?
1: I do. I really do, which is which is really unfortunate. Uh, you know, women are actually starting businesses at almost twice the rate over men right now. That's the trend, which is really, really exciting. Um, it's just I see and I talk to a lot of women that have been sitting on their idea for one year, two years, three years, uh, just because they – are waiting for the right time. They're waiting for the right mentor. They're waiting for the right coach or, you know, waiting for their job to slow down. So it just, whereas you don't hear that so often, uh, from men. So I think that, um, uh, the, that women are, are amazing at running companies and starting them. It's just, if we, if we get too much in our heads about it, if we get too worked up and about the details and everything being, being perfect, that they, they don't get started, which is really the key. You just have to get started. Like like we just talked about, things are gonna things are gonna change. They're gonna be completely different in the first ninety days. Just you can't even control it. <laughs> don't even worry and about shit's it.
0: Shit's gonna go wrong. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so But I think it is important, like you said, to really um hone in on your gut. Um and just really trust your instincts. And I think women are superb at that. Um really not getting so much caught up in their head but they will think a little bit about something but they uh, I think have a uh, inner instinct within them to know um, if something is the right or the wrong way to go and then they uh, will trust it and run with it.
1: Yes way more way more I think than men our intuitions are quite a bit more sensitive and so it just really is important that we view our businesses as our way to hone that, and uh knowing that we're not always going to make the right move, but to to really be focused on the fact that we are exercising our intuition and our gut so that we can be better business owners down the line
0: well, in honoring that, I mm-hmm. think that um honoring even if it did turn you down quote unquote the wrong path. It might not be the wrong path. it might have uh created a decision or put you on a path to something that is going to lead you to greater things like you said yourself. What you thought your company was going to be is not what it was <laughs> yep so yeah,
1: um, I totally agree with that i think I think that's a great point, yeah,
0: and I think that it's really important to say trust your gut, and I'm starting to see you know when I started my business uh twelve years ago. It was such a woo-woo kind of thing, and it was very, it, it, it was like the underdog, the underestimated thing of, um, it was not something that you wanted to mention or talk about. It was, it was too metaphysical or whatever the word is. Um, you wanted to talk about the grit and the hard work and the research and the planning and, and you know, the hardcore black and white facts and not about the intuitive side of things.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now on the flip side, um, and I think Oprah had a tremendous effect on this and Eckhart Tolle, but um, I'm starting to see a lot more entrepreneurs and business coaches and people that are out there that are really starting to honor that and talk more fluidly about it and telling people to slow down enough to honor that.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think that's so important and I've really learned to to trust that so much more now than I ever have and really regretting it when I don't. And you hear that all the time. So I think in the beginning, just trust your gut. It's a lesson that we all have to learn. Try and learn it as fast as possible. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) You know? Yes. So why is – you recently – it wasn't this newsletter, but your last newsletter, and I forget the gentleman who uh, wrote it for you, but uh, being synonymous with struggle and uh, just not having balance in our lives. There's there's this stigma around being an entrepreneur where it's all or nothing and really having a, no balance around it and struggle around it and just being difficult And having to make a lot of sacrifices, where does this ideology come from? Why have we come to believe that being an entrepreneur are those things?
1: Well, you know, uh, uh, the gentleman that you're talking about, his name is Brandon Hawk, and he's actually based out of here, out of San Diego, and um, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite people ever. He, uh, his,
0: the article was fantastic. It was I absolutely loved it. Yes. In fact, I was going to repost it on my blog and I forgot to do it. Oh, but. please do.
1: It's, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great article. And he, he's amazing. He holds uh master hearts instead of masterminds. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so he tells me all the time that I've been on his heart. Uh, what's going on? He'll call me out of the blue. You've been on my heart. So instead of you've been on my mind, he's very heart focused, uh, entrepreneur and he, uh, really tries, tries to help entrepreneurs build a company that's focused around them and not to feel bad about that because when you're nourished and you're happy, you're able to give more. And, but, you know, entrepreneurship is, is really hard. And I, creating something out of nothing is really hard. So for us to pretend like there's not a struggle would be uh, – naive of us because it's not like you just go to a job from nine to five and your work is already created and you just facilitate work. Uh, This is you creating something brand new out of thin air and then, you know, you potentially could have employees and you're responsible for them. You know, the people that work for me, I take that very, very seriously that they do work for me because I feel very responsible for them, their livelihood, you know, their, how happy they are at work, their paycheck. So uh, there's an, uh, the extra responsibilities that that are laid on an entrepreneur uh, <clears throat> that can really add up after a while. You know, you're not sleeping, and you're not exercising, or you're not eating, and it's really on your back. Um, so I, I mean, I've never subscribed to the notion of work life balance. I I think that's just
0: California culture.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's just one more thing for us, especially as women, to not achieve and make ourselves feel bad about, and I'm just not going to deal with it. I I believe in work-life harmony. Um, I think that there are times when your business needs more attention and when there's times when you need more attention, and I don't think that there, you're ever going to strike a balance on that. I mean, we wouldn't ask a brand-new mother... You know, are you getting your eight hours of sleep? Are you taking time for yourself? Like, put the baby down and go take a walk. You know, you know, you don't do that. Your baby needs you right. pretty much every second of every day for the first few years. And your business is kind of the same, you know. I think that you really do have to take care of yourself. And what Brandon was saying is building a business where you're not giving so much more than you're receiving because at the end of that, you feel like your customers or your community or your your uh, tribe really is stealing from you. And, um, you know, that hit home with me when he and I had a private conversation about that. You know, it's hard to serve 50,000 female entrepreneurs. Um, I know the struggles that they're going for. I feel their struggle. I feel their pain, and I get a lot of amazing letters and notes about how I've helped them or how the company's helped them and I also get some pretty awful ones too that really hurt my feelings <laughs> you know and I right. at those moments and I feel like you know I've I've sacrificed a lot for you and I want to bring you the information that you need to start a business and, and I didn't want this nasty email from you but at the same time you know it. I have to remember that this is my overall goal and to make sure that my business is built around me so that I'm happy and I'm satisfied and I'm fulfilled so that I can really bring my best to these people. And that's really what Brandon's trying to say.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a really great article. And I I liked that. And, And that's another trend that I'm really starting to see is that, especially coming from California, it was this mentality of it's all or nothing. You have to work 70 hours a week. You have to give your, your life and your soul to whatever company you're working for. And you are available seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Um, and I'm starting to see a huge shift and I, I, me too. I mean, I've done this to where I am now the priority and I put, Uh, the things that are important to me first. So I absolutely make sure that I go to yoga. I make sure that I eat right. I make sure that I sleep well. And it took me a long time to get to this place because I used to allow everyone else around me to dictate my schedule. And I won't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't do it because I felt guilty Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to and I think that women struggle with this especially because we feel like we have something to prove Mm -hmm. Um, and after reading Lean In uh, from Sheryl Sandberg one of my favorite things that she was talking about in the the book is that men are hired based on potential and women are hired based on achievements Mm -hmm. so I was like how profound is that we have to we have to prove ourselves yeah And so I didn't allow myself any excuses. And so, you know, if somebody needed me on a Saturday at six o'clock at night, you know, my family came second and my work came first. And then I realized that doesn't work for me. I'm not going to allow that to happen anymore. And I felt initially I felt guilty. But as I started to really lean into it uh, (laughs) and embrace it, I mean, I've really started doing this within the last 2 to 3 years it has completely changed and evolved my company into what it is today and I think it's made it better
1: Wow that's, and that's amazing That's I really
0: liked Yeah that's why I really liked the article because um when you really embrace your authentic self and nurture yourself you become a better entrepreneur yep.
1: And yep. I think that I agree
0: I think that a lot of people think that if they don't give 150% and they don't work seven days a week and they don't, you know, give, 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 they're not going to be able to start that company or maintain that company or be the entrepreneur that, you know, Forbes or New York Magazine or whatever it is tells them they need to be.
1: Right. And I think too, you know, in the beginning, it's so hard to maintain a focus on what you're doing because it's it's all new and like we talked about you throw things up on the wall and see what sticks and so that really can take you on that roller coaster where you know at some point into your business you need to come to the to the crossroads of we're no longer in startup mode we are in actual company mode it's time to cut the fat cut the crap and cut, you know cut all the testing really and focus on a few key things, the few things that actually make money, the things our customers want. And so I think at that point, and it's almost like I see this happen all the time, and I'm not sure if there's an answer to it, but it almost seems like we all have to go through it. It's almost a rite of passage to burn ourselves out in order for us to all say, look, no, stop, here are now my boundaries. (laughs) And I'm still working on that. I'm still working on that, but I'm not as bad as I used to be um where if i couldn't sleep through the night i would get up and work now i now i read or you know meditate or something else and try to make myself better and more nourished but it's it's almost like we all have to go through um the sleepless nights and the cold sweats and the panic attacks and the you know hopefully you don't get so bad that you get hospitalized like some entrepreneurs i know but it's a uh, I don't know who has the right answer, but I do know that your business will not succeed if you're only doing a nine to fiver, but I know you will crash and burn if you're doing a, you know, six to 12 too. So it's, it's hard to say, it's hard to say what's, what's the best. That's why I don't believe in work-life balance. I think it needs to be work-life harmony and that there are times when you need to put everything down and just put yourself first. And then there's well and there's, just there's, trusting there's, your gut. Exactly.
0: You know what you need at the time that you need it. But you have to honor it.
1: Yes. Exactly. And I
0: think that um I've noticed a big change that you know when um I, you know I don't work Monday through Friday 9 to 5. I I still work Monday through Sunday. I you know I mm-hmm. um I work every single day. However, I don't hold myself Accountable to other people's schedules and what they need, I now you know it's it's my schedule to dictate I allow um how I want things to unfold and i I think for the longest time too i ha- held the mentality that you know I have to do things within a certain time of day or it has to be it has to look like a certain way because that's how I was told um And I don't do that anymore. I just really, I literally wake up every morning and I honor how I feel. Okay, I want to go to yoga right now. Yeah, it's 9 o'clock in the morning and I should be answering phones and doing shit, but I'm going to go to yoga. Mm -hmm. You know, and just, and if I feel like working at 9 o'clock at night because I'm energized and and I've got some really great ideas, then I'll do that. Yep. So I think as an entrepreneur, that's really what you have to do. It's not necessarily a a Monday through Friday 9 to 5. But I also don't think it needs to be, you know, Monday through Sunday, 120 hours a (laughs) week. Right. Which many of us will do in the beginning. Oh,
1: yeah. I think we all do in the beginning. That
0: excitement and panic and all of that meshed into one just drives us. And we're okay with no sleep and and running ourselves ragged. Mm -hmm. But you do hit a wall.
1: Oh, yeah. You definitely do. And, And there's a few things that... That you just say, you start to realize that you can say no to. And I decided that this year, 2014, was going to be my year of not doing anything I don't want to do. And I really have stuck to that. And it sounds awful, but if I don't want to do that, I am not going to do that. If I don't want to go to a networking event, I will not go to a networking event. (laughs) If I don't want to go on a date that night... I will not go on a date that night. Sorry, dude. I know I said yes, but if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. And that includes answering emails. That's another thing that I've done this year. Um, I am not putting pressure on myself to answer every single email I get. I don't have to answer them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that (laughs) that is people, a very powerful message to everybody that's listening. Um, is it is okay to say no. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard for women.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, We feel like as the nurturers and the make everybody happy people, um, we feel like we do have to say yes to everything.
1: Yes. And I don't have to, and that's the thing about, I'm not answering my emails. I don't have to answer any unsolicited communication that comes my way. I'll do my best. But if I get unsolicited emails from people, I don't feel that, Crazy need to answer every single email in my inbox anymore. And that's been so freeing <laughs> for me. Yeah. But it's very shocking to most people.
0: Well, and I think that's just good overall time management. I've worked with so many coaches over the years, and time management is always the first and foremost thing that they talk about. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and finally, last year was the first time ever. Um, in working with, uh, she was specifically an interior design coach, but, um, she forced me. She's like, you will only check emails at 9am and 2pm and that is it. Wow. And I was like, I can't do it. <sighs> I just, I can't do it. People are going to email me and they're going to want a response. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you are allowing them to dictate your schedule. And I was like, but they're going to need a response. <clears throat> And then she was like, well, then you let them know that you email at 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And I it still, I mean, I've been practicing that for a year, but I still have a really hard time doing it. Because if I'm sitting at my computer, um, I see the little email come through. and But the th- thing is, is it can be distracting, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's a friend or somebody who I, I know or I want to talk to um I'll break the rules. Yeah. You know, but it it's been a terrific lesson in the awareness of how the little things can be very distracting and that's important for an entrepreneur because if you are just starting out and it's just you, your time is very valuable. There's only so much of you to go around. So, time management is key in running and owning a successful business.
1: I agree. And, and
0: everybody is going to want a piece of you.
1: Yes, they will. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. they will. So what are three tips that you can offer a woman who might be considering opening a business? What should she do? Besides going to your website, of course. Yes.
1: First and foremost, go to the Sheik CEO website. Well, <clears throat> you know, the first thing to do is start is, is write a business plan and, and there's varying degrees of what that means. Um, on Chic CEO, we have a free two-page business plan template. I mean, it doesn't have to be some crazy, huge document. But uh, formulating your thoughts in the beginning kind of help you to really look through some obstacles that you might not realize that could be in your way. So that's the benefit of a business plan is to really think through some things that you may have not thought of otherwise. So even if it's a one-page, two-page, 30-page business plan – um you know definitely get your thoughts down on paper kind of think through some challenges that you might might be facing um so that's number 1 number 2 is always think about your exit so when you're building your business you want to think about how you want to leave your business in the beginning so do you want to sell it do you want to leave it to your kids do you only want to have it for a few years and then you um kind of pass it on to someone else who might be running it for you? Do you want to uh, liquidate the whole thing in five years and just get out? So start to think about how you're going to set up your business in the beginning because if you're thinking about selling your business and you want to call it Stephanie Burns Enterprises, uh, selling it really doesn't make a lot of sense because chances are the people that work for or, or your customers, they're gonna want Stephanie Burns to be there, right? The brand is you. So if I want to sell the company, if I want to sell Chic CEO, then I name it Chic CEO and I build it up as Chic CEO. With so Chic CEO could move, live on without Stephanie Burns. So <clears throat> those are kind of the decisions that you need to make in the beginning. If if you're gonna, if I'm gonna pass it on to Stephanie Burns Jr. or if I'm going to sell it someday to Uh, a media company, that's a a really big decision that you need to make in the beginning. And then third, I always say this, is that you need to find a few people that are really close to you uh, that can remind you of the value that you're providing when you're starting out. So as women, as a new business owner, you're going to have your ups and your downs, and there's going to be really low downs sometimes when you think, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done why did I do this? Nobody's going to buy. Everybody's going to hate it. Everybody's going to think this is so stupid. And I I definitely had those moments when I was starting Chic CEO. And I would call, uh, I had three really dear girlfriends that really loved my idea of Chic CEO. And I would call them and say, can you please remind me why I'm doing this? (laughs) And they would. And Uh, the first step in that is to recognize when you are in a low moment and reach out to somebody to help you get out of it. And the people that love you, that understand what you're doing and really get the value that you're providing should be able to help you uh, really see your path again. So find those, first of all, recognize when you're in a low moment and second, you know, Reach out to the people that can remind you of your value at that moment when you need them.
0: Having your AA sponsor. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Your entrepreneur sponsor. (laughs) You're absolutely right because as entrepreneurs, you do have those lows where you can't see the forest for the trees and you don't think you have any value and you think that everybody knows what you know. And so why the hell are you selling it? Mm -hmm. You think that, oh, well, this is common knowledge. Yep. I did that when I was uh, starting out, you know, especially third, fourth year in. um, I was to the point where I was like, well, everybody knows how to do my job. It's all over the Internet. Everybody knows how to do this. I am not selling anything unique. And I would have those moments and I would have to call up my AA sponsor, (laughs) a.k.a. my mother, (laughs) and have her talk me off the ledge. You know, she would have to tell me that, you know, it's – really important to understand who you are, who you are as a brand and know that um, as entrepreneurs, we all bring our unique vision to it.
1: Right. And I felt like I was being really arrogant. That was the, that was the feeling I battled through creating the site. I thought, who the hell am I? Who do I think I am uh, bringing something like this to the world? This is ridiculous. And my friends would remind me, you know, because they were the ones that wanted the information. They were the ones that kept asking me over and over. And they're like, you're helping me. That's what That's what you're doing. You're not being arrogant. You're not saying you know everything about business. You are literally finding answers for people. That's what you do. You find the answers. And I can't feel arrogant about that. Yeah, I can research like a pit bull. That's what I did. That's what Chic is. It's a, just a bank of answers for you. And so it would be – I would get in this tailspin of, oh, my God, who the hell do I think I am? And they would remind me I'm the person that brings the answer, and that's valuable.
0: And I think that's really important for all the women that are listening. Also from uh, Cheryl's book is a lot of women who start their own companies feel like a fraud. Yep. And I immediately resonated with that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There there have been – so many situations Um, more recently um, I got certified in numerology it's been something that I've studied for years I love it that in astrology I think are two really great tools to plug into our own intuition and I've had people friends family wanting me to do like charts and stuff for them And I recently had a woman that contacted me, and she's like, I'd love for you to do a chart. How much does it cost? And I thought, I cannot charge for this. I don't know anything. (laughs) And I've been going to this school that's out of Las Vegas, and I um, accidentally, completely by accident, took the final exam.
1: <laughs> I didn't
0: know that. I thought it was a questionnaire that they wanted to get like a guideline of where I was, and so I was like, "Oh well, this is a neat way to get into school." And so I took it, and I passed. Oh, and my God. The the instructor called me, and he's like, "Who the hell are you? And how what how did you watch and do all of this this curriculum in four hours?" And I'm like, "I." Didn't I just filled out the entry form? and He goes, "No, you didn't. You took the exam." <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I apparently passed it with flying colors. And I was like, "Huh? Wow." You know, here I've been turning people away and saying, "Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough." You know, and I felt like a fraud. Yeah. Who am I to say that this is information that I can provide until somebody tells me that I can and that I'm, you know, um, somebody tells me that I uh, am qualified.
1: Wow, that's and such I an important lesson.
0: That, yes, and I've told this, um I'm in a couple of book clubs, and I have a, a a monthly networking luncheon that I go to, and I've told this story to a couple of women, and they all resonate to that story.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Because
0: men, which is also in the book, it talks about how they'll only be 30% qualified for a job, but they will sell that they're 100% qualified. Yeah. And a woman will be 150% qualified for that same position, but she'll talk herself out of it.
1: Yeah. Because she's not good enough. Doesn't that break your heart?
0: It does. And here, you know, I would be their hoorah-rah cheerleader, Mm. and then I go and do the same damn thing. (laughs) Yes,
1: but (laughs) no, We all do it. We all do it. Wow, what a great story. That's awesome. Good for you. Really great lesson. Yes.
0: Well, do you have any other tips that you would like to offer the listeners today? Is there any one thing that uh, you wanna leave
1: us with? Just get started. Just do everything you can to get started. Um, There's an author, uh, she wrote The Accidental Millionaire. Her name's Stephanie, um, and I can't remember her last name, but her her book's called The Accidental Millionaire. And uh, one day I was reading it and I I got this really amazing lesson in the book. And it it said to just do three things just do 3 things today and then tomorrow just do 3 more things. You don't have to get it all done today, just 3 things. Even if those 3 things are sign up for your Twitter page or you know create a new email address or open a bank account or sit and think about what you want your business name. Just do 3 things and then those 3 things will lead to 3 more things and those 3 things will lead to 3 more things started. It's oh, brilliant. I love yeah, that. Yeah, me too and it's always always kept me going it's just okay Stephanie if I feel I can't do anything today I can do three small things even if it's update our Facebook page or you know just
0: well and that's it. really great because that will add up I mean in a week you've done 21 things exactly <laughs> and I think it's important because like I have I, I I do a thing every morning where I write down everything that I want to do And I don't write the stuff down because I have to remember it. I write it down so that at the end of the day, I can look at it and say, okay, I accomplished these things. Mm -hmm. So that I can remind myself that I did actually get stuff done and it was a productive day. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) But I love that. I think that that's bite-sized, manageable way of running a business. Yes. And making you feel like you're actually accomplishing something.
1: Right. And it doesn't paralyze you from... Oh my God, what am I going to do? And I have so much to do or I can't even get started. I don't know where to start. Just three things. That's all you're committed to. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. And com really is an amazing resource for women. Um, your bounce rate must be amazing because there, I can literally, every time I go on there, I can spend like three hours on there. Um, (laughs) Because there's so much stuff. And, you know, for the listeners, don't think that it's just information for just starting out. I mean, she has so much information on there, whether you're just starting out or if you've been doing business for 30 years. Right. I mean, everything is on there. You really have done all the research.
1: Yes. It took me a year. So don't take that year. (laughs) Just go to
0: the site.
1: I would like to um, uh, quick plug a new program that we're launching here soon, Um, if you don't mind. It's called the chic elite program and it's a membership program that i'm really really excited about it's going to be a monthly training um and it's all really cool stuff on how i grew my business and i'll also be bringing people in uh letting them do trainings as with the community as well the first training is called boot scrapping Um, so when you're bootstrapping, you have to get pretty scrappy. So I put in some of my most scrappiest tips on how we went from zero to 50,000 subscribers with no marketing budget. So I'm really, really excited to launch the program. It should be launched here in the next couple of weeks, but you can find it on the, on the homepage of Sheik CEO here pretty soon. And we're really, really, really excited about it.
0: Awesome. So if people want to find out more information about you, check out the website, where do they need to go?
1: chic-ceo.com, or you can email me at hello at chic-ceo.com.
0: Awesome. Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time, especially after you spoke about not answering your emails. I (laughs) feel so honored. (laughs) I love your
1: emails. You're hilarious. (laughs) I love them.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you again for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Talk soon. Bye. Five years ago while watching TV, I ran across a story about a man in New York who was stopping random people on the streets to learn more about their personal stories. Often, many of these people felt they had absolutely nothing to share because they considered themselves boring and their lives uneventful. But lo and behold, he would unsurface lives filled with sacrifice, motivation, empowerment, and stories of inspiration beyond anything imaginable. As humans, we are stronger than we give ourselves credit for, especially when it comes to owning a business. As entrepreneurs, we are willing to sacrifice everything and live in a way that most people won't because we can envision a life that most people can't. As Winston Churchill, once said success is not final but failure is not fatal it is our courage to continue that truly counts something every true visionary has experienced if you've had a business and been thinking of I don't know opening it starting it up what's stopping you? it could be a really great idea and it could change the world if you own a business and it's in need of change What's stopping you? How much planning do you need to make that leap? Learn to take risks. Trust yourself and remember to take care of yourself most importantly because you can't take care of others and change their lives if you yourself are running on empty. I want to thank you for listening today. I'm your host Amanda, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. If you would like more information on this show or have questions or comments, email me at info at dot com. You can also visit my website, gatesInteriordesign.com, or find me on Twitter at the Amanda Gates. Bye for now.